0: Thank you for this beautiful day and for this new year. We thank you for all of your love and blessing, for your precious word. We thank you that you're imparting faith to us today through your word. Help us to receive it with joy into a plowed heart, Lord, into good ground allowed to take root and bear fruit in our lives. Thank you for using me today, Lord, the anointing that rests on me and through your word, Lord, to break every yoke for those that are here and those who will hear this message in the future, in Jesus' name. We're going to take a little shot, a big shot, at killing a few sacred cows That have grown up in the church at large and in the world for sure. Jesus told some of the religious leaders of the day, he was just straightforward a lot of times. And it's because he loved them and he wanted them to kind of shake them up a little bit. But he said, you've made by your traditions and doctrines or teachings of men, you've made the word of God of none effect there's nothing wrong with traditions and we know that we can learn a lot in the world about the world You help us through the world amen but the real truth is only found through jesus christ through the bible reading it through used to be a song called rose colored glasses old john connolly i think We have to have the right lenses on, the New Covenant lenses. Reading it from a perspective, knowing that there's a a reason for the blank page between Malachi and Matthew, amen? Separating the covenants, that it means something, that Jesus came and some things have been accomplished. So we need to be reading the word through the New Covenant that we are in. This church age of grace and truth. We no longer, we never were under the law. It was never meant for the Gentiles. And we're not really Gentiles anymore anyway. Because that just means unbelievers. But well, there's a, a word that throws people off, I've found. It's holiness. Just the The term. Throws people into a tailspin. Sometimes it brings or recalls some bad memories. Sometimes from things that people have been through uh, in the church and other situations, and and other times people are just confused about it. They don't know what what it means to them, and so we need to look at a little bit about the what, the why, and the how of it. And that's what I want to attempt to do. It's a large undertaking. But God is able. So let's just trust Him to bring this message home. Amen. There's a lot of folks that I have noticed just in the 11 or 12 years that I've been ministering the gospel. And God had Revealed to me, himself, the truth about his love and his grace. And even within the church body, it, there's so many different teachings and doctrines that it can be confusing even to the those who have been walking with the Lord the longest. People will, I guess, what be in the new year and all. We'll, we kind of go at it from this perspective. People have good intentions to do good things. A lot of times, for the most part, we want to do better. You know, we want to we want to start things new. We want to do better than we've done before. We want to make changes and and make a difference and change some habits maybe and. And people will go to church for a while and, and then they'll, they'll fail in some area of their life and they'll start to feel frustrated and condemned and, they, and they'll just sort of dwindle away. I've seen it for years. Nobody here, obviously. Solid core, amen. I'm just talking about in general. Worldwide, this is happening in the church there's a big falling away. And we know that that's going to happen. But there's a core of real believers. That really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is strengthening. Don't ever doubt that. And so we need to understand a little bit more. About the what and the why of holiness. So that we can really see the how of it. How to have a life that is pleasing to God. And a, the, a progressive change, and improvements in our life. If you have your Bibles, look at Ephesians 4.24. Because we always want to, if I'm not careful, I'll just go and go and not, and say, well, what scriptures are you talking about? So we need to stand on the word, amen? Amen. Ephesians 4. I always want to back up a little bit. We're starting at 21 of the fourth chapter of Ephesians, Paul says, Assuming that you have heard about him, Jesus, and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your formal, former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. That's the flesh. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Last week I said that one of the best days of your life is when you find out that your brains do need a little washing. <laughs> because they've been you've been brainwashed by the world. Amen. And so the truth is the only thing that will really wash them and make them clean so that they are restored and renewed to what God intended. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So, we're going to look at that. What it means to put on the new self. We've talked about spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians five twenty three and 24. Bear that out, that we're three-part beings just like God. We have a spirit which, if we have truly received Christ, has been renewed. The old sin nature evicted, perfected, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, and that is done. One third of your salvation is done. Now your soul, your spirit, I mean your soul, your spirit is done, and it's just like Christ. You have the mind of Christ in that spirit, but you can't discern it with your natural senses. And your soulish realm is what most people are living by. They're living out of their emotions and their flesh and that's always going to lead you down a path of destruction until you get this in agreement with that born again spirit which is only discerned through this word right here which is alive and active this is not just an old dead book written by men about God but it's relevant this is the only book that is written by God to you about himself and about you and so we need to learn to discern what is pleasing to God. In Ephesians 5.10, I say go into the five and dimes, I'll remember that. 5.10 says, find out what pleases God. So for him to say that means it's, it's possible. He wants us to, as a matter of fact. He says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And he says, looking forward to it. Because he says, then I'm going to show you wonderful things that you haven't, haven't seen or known. That's in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 13. Let's look at what holiness is not. I think that's an important thing. It's not, it's not us trying to be better. It's not us, our, our willpower, or trying harder to be good or to live a holy life. Yes, there's a choice involved, but you can only go so far when you're working from the flesh. That's you. You're you're determined. You're willpower. I made up my mind. I'm going to change. I can't tell you how many times I tried that before I knew God, and I always went back to the pig pen. I can tell you something else, it's not. It's not based on peer pressure. And this can come from a variety of sources. What I'm talking about is guilt or condemnation. <clears throat> you will not re- walk in holiness and a life that is pleasing to God by coming to a holy life through other groups or, or people or churches guilting you or condemning you into it. won't work. It just won't work. A lot of people are trying to be holy because they're feeling condemned or pressured by the groups that they're part of. And, again, it results in the same thing. My wife and the boys, Samantha was too little, but my wife grew up in a Pentecostal church, and it's sort of jokingly, but really truthfully, they believed, they basically taught her that everybody was going to hell. And so at some point, you just decide to just, whatever, man, let me enjoy it while I'm here then. <clears throat> That's the sort of thing it does. It's just never going to promote holiness into you. You can't. You know, it's just, the gospel, I always tell people, the gospel, Jesus is supposed to be shared, not shoved. When you shove it down somebody's throat, they tend to spit it back out at you at some point. Amen? I'll qualify this, because it's kind of, it's, it's almost better to serve God out of guilt than to serve the devil out of joy and go to hell. But it's not God's plan. God has a better way. Okay? Let's say that. God's way... And, you know, and and I said the kids... So let me say what happened to them. They were... When they were small, Martin, Jonathan, Samantha, so... And she don't remember, really. So... But the boys do. And Jonathan, to this day, he was at the age... They went to Bible school. And... Because Vacation Bible School and because they weren't church members or church attenders, they took them off and showed them videos uh, about hellfire and brimstone and got them up against the wall and told them they're going to hell. You see? And now we have this 30 year old boy just living at home for a minute while he transferred job and got his new apartment. But he's about to move back out and we still have not been able to get him to come to church. He's going to have to deal with that at some point. It's not an excuse. But I'm just saying, that kind of teaching can do a lot of damage. And it has done a lot of damage. And it's kept a lot of people away from God. Just like the one I was ministering to Miss Cheryl about with her friend yesterday. This gentleman, is, is, he was a believer. He had a beautiful young daughter, 21, died of a brain tumor after two weeks of being diagnosed. And she has a twin brother. And now he won't have nothing to do with God the that. He's mad at God for it. And I had to explain to her and give her scriptures and show her the truth about it, all that. Because that's all just, that's just a lack of knowledge. That's a, that's a wrong ideology. It's a wrong teaching that someone has put into him or he just came up with on his own. But, but God's not the one that did that. God didn't do it. The devil did. And it's a fallen world. Bad things happen to good people. But God doesn't use sickness. It's not God's will that... I mean, we're all going to get older. Fortunately. (laughs) We're we're all going to go home someday. And sometimes people go home sick. God's not mad at them if they do. But that's not His best. We don't have to die sick. And if we really get some of these truths down we will walk in greater victory and power and i I think the end times church is going to see a lot more victory in those areas and i know uh it's too late to talk me out of this because i've seen too much of it now you know i'm i'm friends with a man whose son was dead in the morgue with a toe tag for five hours and he's alive today with children no brain damage. He said no more than he already had, he said. Nevertheless, holiness is not about behavior modification. This is what most of your neighbors think. If you're a Christian and they're not and you're trying to get them to go to church, they start watching you watching you watching you waiting to see because what they're doing is they're looking to make sure they feel better about themselves than they do you as long as they can say that they live a better life than the christian who lives next door they think they're okay because god probably grading on a curve as long as their good deeds outweigh the bad you understand what i'm saying they have a legalist mindset hey well i try to go by the ten commandments most of them will tell you on the street you know what are they and they don't they might know one don't kill nobody okay Well, do you know if you just get mad at somebody, mad enough to kill them, Jesus said that's murder? If you talk about somebody, Jesus says that's murder. You're guilty of any of that? Well, the Bible says if if you're trying to live by the law, if you're guilty of just one point of it, you're guilty of the whole thing. Can you bear the weight of that? (laughs) I got good news for you, right? You better be perfect or have a Savior who is. Amen. So it's not about behavior modification in our lives. So what holiness is. Let's look at Romans chapter 6 verses 20 and 22. Of course, I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to go to 18. And having been set free from sin, that's us, everybody who's been born again. Once we were bondage to sin. Now, having been set free from sin, we've become slaves of righteousness. You're talking about that sin nature that used to compel us when we were able to say, the devil made me do it and we were telling the truth. (laughs) But if you've been born again, You've been inhabited by the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, and now you have nothing compelling you to sin, but you can still choose to sin with the best of them. And sometimes we do. But you can't say the devil made you do it. He might have encouraged you to do it. (laughs) Come on, come on. Come on out here on the end of the limb. I got you. And then leave you hanging. He's always going to take you further than you want to go charge you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. Amen? Amen. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. He's talking about this: slaves to sin, free from sin, slaves to righteousness. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness... So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. The sanctification is what we're talking about today. Just to be sanctified by God means to be set apart and made holy for his use. Amen. For when you were slaves to sin, verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness, This is sort of foundational. These scriptures right here, this is sort of foundational scriptures for all Christians to understand where holiness comes from and how to work it into the life of a believer so that it makes a difference. Amen? And so that you have a clear comprehension of it. For when you were slaves to sin, you had that sin nature. You were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I was a sinner... I mean, when that was my spiritual address, okay? You you go from sinner to saint. How many of you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You are a saint. And the Pope don't have to say so. (laughs) And God don't love him any more than he does you. As a matter of fact, never mind. But, the point is, when I was a sinner... Before I knew the Lord and was, had received Him as my Lord and Savior, I did some good things. But God did not count those good things to me as righteousness. It didn't change who I was to God. He still saw Adam when he looked at me, a fallen man, doomed to hell. No matter how, there's a lot of good people in the world's view out there doing a lot of good things. And it might give some temporal benefit to them in this life, but not with God. Good people go to hell, because really nobody good except God is what Jesus said. And you are good now if you have God in you. But when you had the devil in you, that's all that mattered. That was your daddy, and that's who you were going to be with eternally until you came to know the Lord. So just like I said, I always would try. I can't remember how many times in my life I would throw away everything God tried to give me. I would sabotage his efforts to bless me. I had, I threw away more natural talent and ability and gifts than anyone really should be allowed. And I'm not proud of that even to this day, but I don't cling to that. I don't, Focus on that. I always went back to the bat. I would try to turn over a new leaf. How many times have you seen people? They'll move. They'll move out of town. Oh, I gotta get a new start. But no matter where you go, there you are. And then you'll see them again later. Oh, that didn't work out, and I missed everybody. Well, I thought this was your problem. No, you're your problem until you know the Lord, and we shouldn't be surprised at that. Sinners sin. Dogs bark, cows moo, ducks (laughs) quack, and if you're a sinner, you're gonna sin. (coughs) You might hide it behind all sorts of different things and different lifestyles and methods and ways, but inside of the cup is dirty. You can clean up the outside all you want, but until the inside of the cup is clean, you're not clean. That's what Jesus said. So God didn't hold my good deeds to my account as righteousness. He didn't credit it to my account as righteousness when I was a sinner. And guess what? Now that I am a saint, and that's even hard for me to say still. I don't know why, because I know it's true. That's what the Bible calls us. But now that I belong to the Lord, I'm a slave to righteousness, I belong to Jesus Christ, I'm in relationship with Jesus Christ, I I still make a mistake now and then. All that old bad stuff he took away. And I have nothing compelling me. I have nothing against anybody who's still struggling. We're going to have all different levels of maturity in the church. And they're all welcome here. And they always welcome wherever a true, uh, the, the true church is, a true man of God is ministering. I don't care how messed up or screwed up they are; they're welcome here as long as they want to receive from the Lord, and we're going to try to facilitate that. Now, if they, uh, if they, uh, if they got a problem with uh, sexual sin or something like that, you know, hey. Uh, Yeah, they're welcome here I'll I'll pick them up and give them a ride to church Are they going to get to serve In the children's ministry? No (laughs) You know (laughs) I mean, there's just certain things But everybody's welcome In God's house The, The ground is level At the foot of the cross, amen We're not in judgment or condemnation Of anyone because really We need to remember, we were there too Maybe not some of that stuff, you know But that's a Funky example. I don't even like to think about it. But the point is, now that I am holy in God's eyes, when I make a mistake, I like got. I was saying a couple weeks ago, a guy pulled off in front of me, and I was heading somewhere, and I was in a hurry, and I, I had, I had some, I had a few words for him. He didn't hear me, and I didn't make any gestures or go crazy. But I, I did. I said something that I had not heard, you know. And I was on the phone with my nephew And he said now don't you feel better I said no I don't I feel bad about that I don't like doing that I don't want to yield to my flesh You know It opens doors for the devil And it it, it makes a it, It doesn't represent the Lord well It's just not who I am anymore And so anyway But the point is God You know he does not hold that to my account that sin he does not hold that sin to my account i'm still righteous and holy in his eyes amen amen or oh me <laughs> and here's here's why holiness now that i'm born again is a fruit not the root of my salvation in other words living a good life does not earn me anything from God my faith in Jesus Christ is what obtained my salvation for me and put me in right standing with God and now The holy life that we live is a byproduct of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Jesus, having come into our hearts, is is the root that has changed us internally. And now, as we learn to abide, to, to walk with Him, to yield to Him, to surrender to Him, to listen to Him, to trust in Him... The fruit of that relationship in our lives is holiness. Amen. So it doesn't come from our self-effort. It doesn't come from being guilted or condemned into it. It's a byproduct of a relationship that we have with Him. Over time, walking in holiness should come as natural to a Christian Who is truly born again as sin did when we learned to walk with the devil. You know? I grew up... I I didn't have much of a learning curve. I grew up in a family filled with sin. They went from a preacher with my great-grandfather to a couple of generations (laughs) removed. Amen? I tell everybody I thought we were related to all the policemen in town because they were always at all our family events. And some of my family members always left with them, you know. So, but I didn't have far to go, you know. Tavana, she had to be around me for a while to to learn how to be a good sinner. But the devil used me to teach her, and so it's all it's all this the, the wrong side of the of the playing board. You know, we were we chose wrong, and we, we everybody has known. Sin, everybody has sin and falls short of the glory of God. And it's our goal to help people to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. It's out of that relationship that we prosper and blossom and become everything that God has for us to be. Not out of dead religion and works of the flesh, amen? You can only go so far with that and then it's going to lead to frustration and condemnation. So, if if it's not based on my deeds and it's just a fruit and God's not holding anything to my account, Jesus paid for all my sins on the cross 2,000 years ago, then, just like they asked Paul, they kept asking so should we just keep on sinning so we can receive more grace? What's to compel us to to do good why should we if we don't have to and honestly I'll say if you're not if you're not getting that question once in a while from people then you're not you're not preaching grace properly it should bring up that question well then what? why should I okay well it's fair question but I'm, and there's there's really three big reasons and I'm just going to finish up on one today and then and that's as far as we'll get because, because it's going to take a little time because these things are important. But the, the main reason is because it's we have a new identity in Christ. We talked last week about the fact that a, there was a death and a resurrection in Christ. We were in Him when He died on the cross with all of our sin and that sin nature. and he, and, and God bore all of His judgment upon Jesus on that cross. And Jesus took it into the grave with him. <clears throat> just, it's like a picture of water baptism. we, Which is an outward expression of an inner commitment that has already been made. It's not what saves us. It's just what Jesus asked us to do. And it's a picture of our salvation. It's a picture of our death. Our burial. And our resurrection with Christ. Amen. And when we come up out of that water. It's a picture of us. Just like Jesus coming out of that grave. And believe me. When he came up out of that grave, he was free of all that wrath and all that judgment and all that condemnation and all that guilt and all that poverty and all the things that he took on his body on that tree and everything that he paid the price for, why would you want to bear in this life? It's double jeopardy. We are dealing with a lot of things and sickness and disease Strive. All those things that He took for us, we don't have to take them anymore. We are blessed beyond the curse. Jesus became a curse for us. So every part of the old covenant law that was talked about the curse, you can look in Deuteronomy twenty eight, this all those things, if you come across all the bad things, all the cursed things, just say nope. That's trying to come against me right now. And Jesus bore that for me and I'm not going to take it. Devil, you're a liar. Get out in the name of Jesus. Speak to your mountain. Amen. So it's not holiness and and living good is not to get God to love me. Not to get God to bless me. He's already done that. Not to get God to use me. He uses imperfect vessels. And I've been laying out pictures of that throughout the Bible as we have looked at some of these people and even in Jesus lineage remember at christmas we talked about all the people that we met in the beginning of Matthew and how some of them were i mean you went from harlots all the way up to to godly men and there was a lot of just regular folks in between in the lineage of Jesus Christ and God used every one of them and he wants to use us amen so it's not to get it get him to use us and because if we try to get him to accept us or or to to love us or to use us based on our works, then that's the flesh. And at best, it's just going to work for a little while, and, and but it's not going to do anything to get us accepted by God. Our faith in Christ is what makes us acceptable in God, and we need to rely upon that. So our new identity is just who we are. So this is the main reason why we don't want to walk in that old way, because that's not who we are anymore might say, well, I look in the mirror, I look the same, I I still have the same old messed up thinking. Well, those are the parts of you that have not been saved yet. Remember, this body is not saved, it was redeemed, it was purchased. This is just a vessel that you're riding around in, you're a spirit with a soul. And now you will get a new one of these, one that's incorruptible when we see the Lord again. But right now, our spirit has been renewed and we're working on getting our soul in agreement with this spirit through, through becoming disciples of the word of God with the help and the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which you need, it will help you tremendously to move quick, more quickly along that path of revelation knowledge and to come to see the truth about God's word and his love for you. Amen. So why do I live a holy life? Because that's who I am now. I know God now. I know that Jesus is in me. And when He lives through me, I supernaturally walk in agreement with Him, with the Word of God. And it's a choice. We can. There's a lot of people that are still choosing other things. But the good news is, It's not a condemning thing to say the devil didn't make you do that. It's a a freedom for people to know that. Because you know a lot of people, believe me, that say, well, that's just who I am. That's just the way I am. That's the way mama and them was. And I got that from them. It's not true. You died. And all that old junk went with you. And if you would just believe it and receive it, you now have the mind of Christ. You have all of the fruit of the Spirit of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Full grown and full blown in your spirit. You say, well, my patience does not seem full grown and full blown. And neither does yours, preacher, because you just told me what you said on the road the other day. Or you hinted at it. (laughs) Well, you're right. Because... I'm working on this soulish realm. The part that I can discern with my emotions, my senses, my soul. And as I believe and agree with God and I practice patience, I practice love, I practice joy. Peter said, put it on in greater measure. And so it's like going to the gym and working out. That muscle will grow with use. It's the same way... Uh, that's a natural example of the spiritual truths about the fruit of the Spirit, which is the real nature of God and Christ in you. Amen? I want to read another scripture to you. I think we have time and I'm trying to get to a point here. 1 John 3.3 3. Because God's will is not holiness through guilt as we've established. His will is for us to have a revelation or an understanding or an aha moment. The light bulb going on, as it were, of His love for us. And it's revealed to us by the Spirit of God. And when we get a revelation of His love for us, then we want to love Him back, you see. It, it, the, the Bible teaches us that we love Him because He first loved us. First John chapter 3 Not the Gospel of John but one of the letters in the back the first of three First John chapter 3 uh, the first three verses See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, you are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So he's saying, this hope, what is this hope? That we'll see Jesus again. And when we see Him, He'll be coming for us or we'll be going to Him. And then we'll be like Him. And so to knowing this, that that's our eternal destiny and our eternal address. And this is just a temporal thing. And it's very brief, believe it or not. That we should be focused on that eternal life with Him. And He says now that He has put His Spirit in us, we should be practicing and pe- keeping our focus on... On working that out, which is already within. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You, can't work, you have to work out that which is already within, which is what we've been talking about is in our spirit. And so this is good news, amen? God loves us and we're His children. And it says here that, He <coughs> says the, the reason why the world does not know us is that it didn't know Him. So what it's saying is you're like him now. And the more you walk that out, the less the world is going to recognize you as their own. And they're going to hate you for it. This shouldn't be a surprise to us. The world not only will not, but it cannot understand even the words that I'm talking about here today. And when you try to share this with them in this way, they're not going to understand it either unless God is drawing Himself them to himself. And he, <clears throat> through this word, you preach in the gospel that, hey, Jesus loves you. He came and died for your sin. That is, those are faith-filled containers. And when some people hear it, their heart is hard and they're going to block it out. Others are going to be ready. And you don't know who they are. God does. But sometimes God will tell me, don't say anything. And I'm like, but Lord, it's your will that everybody don't say anything. Why? Because he hates them and he doesn't want them. No, it's his will that everyone should be saved. But he knows they're not going to receive it. And he knows that maybe me just trying right there is just going to make them more hardened to, to religious folks, they call it. Which I'm not religious. I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pure religion is pure Christianity is good religion. Don't get me wrong. But the word religion has gotten so skewed and so screwed up by the world and so misunderstood and misused that uh, it hasn't been helpful. So the world's not going to understand you. And really, they shouldn't because we're different now. We don't belong to the world. First Peter 4.4 says, they're going to be surprised by your life. I'm just... Uh, I'm going to put this in my own word because for time's sake. But Jesus, Peter says that they're going to be surprised. The people that you knew that you used to raise hell with, basically, is, is, is the way we used to put it. And, and run around with and some of the things you used to do. They're going to be surprised that you won't join in with them anymore. And when you really won't, they're going to criticize you. I just was ministering to a young man the other day on the phone. whose own mother did this to him. Because he walks with the Lord now, and he loves the Lord, and he's really his wife is really on fire for the Lord, and they're raising their children this way. And they went home for a funeral, and, and his own mother wanted him to go to the bar with him. And she's, and when he wouldn't, she started uh, casting aspersions on his wife. She won't let you, and this and that. You know, just anything she could say to kind of get his goat, or be rude and, and, and mean to him to try to goad him into going back to that the things that used to be really bad for him i mean he he was so bad that he wasn't even supposed to be in this town where he was to do the funeral anymore (laughs) and here his own mama want him to go to the bar and he said no why would i do that i don't want to do that anymore it's just not who i am anymore and and finally i think he said that uh she didn't even go you know and then they end up having a good time. So you just stick with it, and uh, sometimes we'll win out and make a difference. And and the the, the Bible teaches us in Revelation chapter uh, twenty, uh, verses twelve through fifteen to pray for those people um, because they they you have something that they need now. And I remember the time when I didn't understand it, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't trust anybody that didn't smoke and drink and do some of the things that I did. You know what I mean? Stupid, stupid things that we used to believe. And so we pray for them that they'll, they'll escape the wrath of God because that's a real thing too. James 4.4 4 says that the, the, if, you were, if you belong to the world, the world would love you because you're its own. But because you're not, it, it's going to hate you. In 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul was writing to Timothy and he told him to expect to be hated by some because of this very thing. The world is under the influence of Satan and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause you to suffer persecution. The, the Bible teaches us that we will, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. So if you never bump into the devil, it's because you travel in the same direction, you know. So, if, you get, if you're get if too popular with the world and they don't ever have a problem with you, the truth is may, they may not even, uh, you know, I don't know. You I, 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 I can say it like this. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> there should be, you know. <laughs> we need to make a dent if we can. But 1 Peter 3.16, Peter says to keep a clear conscience because when the world does come against you and persecute you let it be because you're trying to live for Christ and not because of something that you know like I always say that this this guy in this one church he destroyed the church with his with his ways but uh, he came against me and he he called me all kind of names and said all kind of bad things and, and a couple of those things weren't true <laughs> you know what I mean? so But we need to keep a clear conscience and live a life that is pleasing to God. And that's one of the reasons, too, so that they don't have anything that they can really rely upon. When they talk bad about us, hopefully their conscience will get to them and they'll realize that they were wrong. And the the end result is that we have them reconciled to God. I want to read one more thing to you. We're still doing pretty good on time. John 15, and we're almost done here. John 15, verses 18 through 25. I'll just read this. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? No, that's John 16. John 15, 18 through 25. If the world hates you, this is Jesus speaking, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, if you, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So Jesus was even warning about this. And we need to just remember that we are growing and becoming more and more like Him as we're discipled in this Word and in the truth of God's Word. It's not just an instantaneous thing. So there's a tendency for people to beat themselves up and get discouraged and... and, and get into the sin of comparison. Well I'm not doing as good as this one over here or or this one might look down on me right now. I'm just gonna stay away and wait till I can get some of this stuff straightened out in my life. Listen, you don't you don't get cleaned up to take a bath. You know what I mean? Let Jesus do the bathing. Don't ever run from him, run to him because he's he's the master. He's the master builder. He knows how to heal us everywhere we hurt. He let him make the changes as we go. And don't be condemned. Remember that it's a progressive walk. And that really inside your spirit you are just like Jesus. And you are becoming more and more like him as you walk with him. But it's a progressive thing. It's not an instantaneous thing. The moment you agree with him in a certain area of your life, things will get better. But sometimes you'll agree and then you'll disagree and you'll agree and you'll take it back and... And we have to learn to trust in Him, and as we develop a track record, or He develops a track record in our lives, then we'll we will we'll get better at it. You'll get stronger at it. But right now, there's a there's a big part for Christians to play. This world is is really going to hell in a handbasket again, as Mama used to say. And there, talk about fake news. I mean, that's a that's a real thing. That's been going on forever. The world is full of it. You, you, If I went on to to uh, one of the mainstream media networks and I talked like this, or I started to speaking tongues, or I started talking about we're going to get everybody in here healed today, or, you know, talk about living uh, a sexually pure, pure life for, for these young people, you know, uh, they would go berserk. And if I had more... Uh, if I had more, uh, more of a following, if I had a bigger presence in the, the media, they would already come after me. My recordings are already recorded uh, in, in Washington and on the West Coast where they do all of the, the NSA stuff. I can see it because on SoundCloud I can see the cities and towns and things where they are listening to the messages. That's been going on for a long time. But because I'm nobody, they don't care. But there would be a time, I, I think if this last election would have gone a little differently, it wouldn't be very far removed from people just like me who just preach the love of God and, and just trying to keep people from opening doors for the devil to come into their lives, uh, that they would uh, put us in jail just for preaching this truth. And so that's something we have to stand against. Christians have a responsibility. They have kids these days terrified that the world is going to end in ten years, and really, this is just paganism. They have come to, they they've come to be dependent upon government as a, their god and their provider, and uh, and uh, they worship uh, Mother Earth or whatever. They worship the creation instead of the Creator, and they and they have been taught this arrogance that they have something to do with putting a stop to it ending. When it ends, it's going to end by by God's hand. And then nobody knows the time or the date. And these young people need to be freed from all these lives so that they can live a life of victory and happiness and, and joy in the Lord. Amen. Let me just tell you one more thing, and I'm done because I think we've sort of made part of this trip today. And we've been here long enough here. Your minds can only absorb as much as your seats can endure. Amen? But have you ever seen those people that they'll take a a big, uh, about a 10-foot tree trunk or a big block of ice and they'll make a, a bear out of it or a swan or something like that? Have you ever talked to one of those people, these I always admire people that have uh, the abilities to be artistic like that. I can't see stuff. I'm not even good at picking colors, you know, <laughs> uh, on a paint for a house or something like that. But, and I can't even barely draw a stick man. But so I admire people with gifts like that. But if you talk to one of them, generally speaking, they'll tell you and say, how do you, how do you carve a, a bear? Out of, out of that big block of wood? And the answer is something like this. I don't. I don't. I, I, look at that, I look at that piece of wood and I see that bear in there and I just chip away all the things that are not the bear. I think that's pretty profound and I think that that's a good picture of what God is doing with us. As Christians, Christ is in us. That is the hope of glory. And as we submit and yield our lives to God, and just allow Him to live in us and through us, just to be willing sacrifices. You know, Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, Based on the mercies of God. I'm, I'm beseeching you. I'm begging you brothers and sisters. Make your bodies a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to this world. But by the washing of the water of the word of God. Renew your minds. And become a living sacrifice. Which is your reasonable sacrifice. He says your reasonable service to God. Based on what he's done for you. Well the problem with living sacrifices. Is they tend to keep crawling down off the altar. You know. So when you find yourself having done that, just crawl back up there. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a process. It's like when they sent the first men to the moon. They didn't shoot straight to the moon. They, they, only, they had less, less uh, uh, technology than we have in our phones today in those big computer rooms, you know. They just blasted them off in that general direction based on the math that they had and the calculations. And then they did a burn, a course correction every ten minutes all the way to the moon so they went like this to the moon (laughs) and that's sort of how it is with us we just need to head in that general direction you can sit at the dock and turn the wheel all day long and that ship ain't gonna do anything but once you get moving the little rudder on that big old ship will change its course and direction so we just have to get moving in the way that we think god is telling us to go based on his truth and the leading of the holy spirit And if we get a little off, He's going to make those course corrections as long as we yield to Him. Amen? And He's chipping away everything that is not like Jesus. And so, when we see Jesus, we're going to have nothing to be ashamed of because we're going to be just like Him. Amen? Dear Lord, thank You for this precious day and for Your Word. We thank You for using me, Lord. And just ask that anything that was unclear or not... Not of you, Lord, just help them to discard that, just like eating fish. Just keep the flesh and spit out the bones. But, Lord, we just ask that these precious truths be imprinted in their hearts and minds and let them grow in these truths. Knowing that they are holy and righteous in your sight because Jesus is righteous and holy in your sight. Not because of any works that they can do. So our, our fruit of holiness and righteousness is a byproduct of the relationship that we have with you. We're free. We have, been, we have been freed from the bondage to sin and now we're free to live a life pleasing unto you. And we just thank you for that. And we thank you for helping us to grow and be strengthened in it. In Jesus' name, amen.